You're listening to Never Sleeps Network. It's Bilal Bakani. This is The Express. We're coming up on full gear. And some of it is grinding my gears. Here to chat about it, as always, we have Daniel Shahori. He is the publicist at Second City. And we're also joined by someone who may disagree with that categorization of Dan. It's his boss. He's the executive producer of the Second City, John Carr. How's it going, John? Good. Super excited to be here. No, it's, it's great to have you. You know, anyone who listens to the Blah Bacani Hour knows that I've had you on there a couple of times. The Second City is back. Go check it out uh, at your own leisure. But we get to talk about this big card. And everybody kind of knows who listens to this podcast, what me and Dan think. But let's talk about Kenny Omega defending that AW World Heavyweight Championship, as I'm going to call it, probably adding some stuff to it, against Hangman Page. And I assume you guys will agree with me, starting with John, but I really think this is Hangman's moment. I think this is where cowboy shit, uh, and I don't usually swear, is the cowboy shit champion. I will. So here's where I'm going to swerve a little bit. I was expecting to that this might be the last part and I could swerve later on. But like, here's the thing that, yes, I 100% agree that Hangman has earned it. He has been lifted up to this point. They've done an amazing job building him up. My concern is this. Um, if he takes the title now, then every Kenny Omega match that happens after this is going to overshadow the world championship. Because you think about what is what is next for Kenny Omega. Kenny Omega versus CM Punk, is there any match that's going to be bigger than that? Kenny Omega versus Daniel Bryan, is there going to be any match bigger than that? And so it becomes this weird thing where if Hangman Page gets the world champion, he's always going to be the de facto second to the main event um, for every AEW show, even if they put him on last, people are always going to be want to see the Kenny Omega match. So that's where I'm like, I'm I'm a little torn on this because I want him to win, but oh, man, I just there's going to be so many amazing Kenny Omega matches that are coming up over the next couple of years. Dan, be the tiebreaker, please. I think uh, Hangman's going to win. Uh, Thank I you. Understand exactly. <laughs> what, I understand what what John is saying, but I I I think that. Uh, Tony Khan will disappoint a lot of people if he doesn't pull the trigger on that. Yeah, I think it's tough. And I know, uh, and I'm just going to give this to the what culture guys, because uh, they made the point that I didn't. Um, you've got the forbidden door, right? And there's a lot of stuff you can do with Kenny Omega outside of a championship picture. And I'm I'm no expert on New Japan or any of this stuff. But there's a lot of potential there. Uh, and yeah, I, I think you've got to, you know, I think you've already played the hangman comes up short storyline. So I think yeah. it's going to be really, really appealing to do it, to do it there. I, we would talk more about this, but we would be here all night. So we'll move on <laughs> to the women's world title. It's Dr. Britt Baker, DMD, got to be respectful, taking on Ty Conte. I, I don't even know, because um, I, I was watching Dan uh, Dynamite uh, just before we taped this. So let's hope nothing happens on Rampage. But when I was watching Tony Schiavone's preview video, they had announced nothing for Rampage. So I don't expect that's going to change anything on this card, although it did last week, but we'll get to that later. But the point I was going to get to after that aside is, you know, I'm watching Thunder Rosa and you're looking at her record. She's 27 and 28. How the hell is she not in this match? Like Ty Conte has no chance in hell of taking this title off Britt Baker unless Britt Baker wants some time off. Agreed. I think, I think she's technically ranked number one, Ty Conte. Uh-huh. Uh, that's how they're justifying it but uh but as the opposite to hangman i mean they've tried really hard to make her seem like the number one contender but she's not ready as in she, i i don't think it's time to take the belt off of uh brick baker yeah, yeah. I, 
I totally agree on that one. And and it, it's I think it's also kind of sad because I just feel like the women's division, they just don't have enough big start. There aren't enough folks to say, mm -hmm. to make you genuinely believe that Britt Baker has a threat to her. Like until, and I'm predicting Amber Moon shows up. Mm -hmm. like, um, I think beyond that, I, I just don't see her losing the title anytime soon. For a long time, exactly. Yeah, no, I, th I think we thought about that when Ruby Soho came in and there's probably other names I'm going to forget. I, I At this point, I, I the way Miro keeps tagging Lana, I think you could strap a rocket to Lana and take a shot at this because this division is, it's an open goal. Um, I think it says something that this TB, TBS championship is not concluding with full gear. It's strictly a TV affair. It's uh, unless, you know, they really stretch it out past this. Um, so yeah, I, it's... You know, as someone who's been very critical of this product, and I know you guys aren't quite as critical as I am, uh, this is a very convenient thing to chirp them about. You know, it's, but to be fair, when you have billions of dollars, you probably are naturally, and 30 years or so, or whatever it is, depending on how you want to uh, evaluate it as a market leader, you know, Dan, it's it's not hard to build a great women's division when you have limitless resources. Uh, not to make a Keith Lee joke, but I guess I did. He's coming too. They're all coming. Yeah, you're gonna get what uh, what we're all hoping for. I would. I I'm excited. I'm excited for the future of AEW. I think they have a little a lot of opportunities. I will say, I don't know that Lana would be great in AEW. She's mm. not a great wrestler, and I feel like for a promotion that is you know mm. about the work work rate, I feel like Lana would be a sore thumb in that. I agree. I, I don't even I don't picture her wrestling in this company. I picture her being alongside Miro, but I don't see her the need for her to wrestle. It's it's funny because I heard sort of a joking theory that they could hire Eva Marie after <laughs> start as a manager. But if you give Eva Marie a year in the system, she she might actually take to it better than the WWE system. And I think to that point, you know, when Ty Conte was on NXT, she was not the finished product. She was further along when she was at the end. But I will give AEW a lot of credit. They have polished her up. And maybe it helps that she's beside Anna Jay, who's a project in and of herself. And you've kind of just got this project, but uh, two projects side by side. So, you know, it's it's like the old Simpsons quote, did you get less ugly, Meg? But, but it's like, did you become a better wrestler? Or are you just slightly better than the other wrestler who's beside you? And I, I, yeah, I, I, you know, I have some faith, but we'll move on. Uh, we're going to chat about the Lucha Brothers and FTR. This is very, very interesting because FTR has already stolen the AAA tag team titles, posing as the Super Ranas, which I thought was hilarious. Um, and now the Lucha Bros are defending their AEW tag team titles against them. You know, the tag team seems very interesting, John. Um, I think the Young Bucks took it to a level, and I thought maybe when the Lucha Bros came in, it would come to another level. It's kind of a little lower in the card, but it doesn't mean this can't be great, and I think the Lucha Bros need to hold on to the titles for that very reason. Absolutely. I, I, I feel like, for me, I don't know how you guys feel, but FDR has been a little bit of a disappointment for me. Mm -hmm. um, they had some incredible matches in NXT, like some of the best tag team matches I've ever seen. And I just haven't seen that in AEW. And so for me, this is kind of a no-brainer. The Lucha Brothers take this one. But I'm hoping that FTR can pull out some of that magic that they we saw in NXT soon. Dan? I hope so, too. I mean, uh, yeah, it was weird when, when they came in and then when they lost to the Bucks, then it was like they sat on the shelf for a year. 
So they lost whatever momentum that they came with. And it's, it's, it's only the last few months that they, they really started to heat up again, but still I, I, it's way too early to take it off the Lucha brothers. Yeah. And I think to your guys' point, I'm starting to see things from FTR that I like, for example, on dynamite, there was this moment ahead of the random match with pack where I don't even remember which one of them was in the match, but they were coming down to the ramp and there was this young boy who was going for a sort of a high five or a fist bump and you could see the FTR member lean in a bit, but not enough for the child to reach him. And it was it was a pretty good troll move. And I think there are some things this team does very, very well. I think it's just them kind of figuring out their fit in AEW. And I don't think they fully figured it out. But to your point, John, about their NXT matches, I think when they do, we're talking about one of the greatest tag teams in the world today. So I have a lot of hope for them. I just think it hasn't clicked quite yet. Um, speaking of clicking... Dear God, it, it, you know, it's very rare that I could sit here with you guys and say, you know, on Rampage, uh, there was a promo. And by rare, I mean, I'm never going to say oh, this yes. again in my entire life. And it was maybe the best wrestling promo of the year. I don't even know if there's much argument about that. And in less than a week, the CM Punk Eddie Kingston program is probably the hottest program on this entire card. And that's despite the fact uh, on Dynamite this week, they pretty much just did a pull apart brawl that... Literally, I, I couldn't care less, but it doesn't even matter. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm just Dan, I, I'm just over the moon about this match and certainly the history that informs it. But dear God, that promo. You know, I, I love anything with Eddie Kingston, especially when he's come to this company. But then you add CM Punk in this and exactly what happened on Friday. That was that was uh, some of the best pro wrestling television mm -hmm. that I've seen in a long, long time. And a lot of it is those two guys have been a part of great segment after great segment all year or ever since punk has arrived so yeah i will the only thing i wish this had like another week of buildup mm -hmm. or they started earlier john right yeah 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 absolutely but i mean it's, it's one of those things that i think people forget is like the purpose of a promo is to sell tickets and they'll make you buy want to see it and and the thing i keep thinking about is like last week with the acclaimed where they had that line that everybody was that that rap lyric that everybody was talking about um where uh was it daniel uh brian's father-in-law yeah. yeah it right. was like a great line and it was like a thing that everybody's talking about but it also but it didn't make me want to see an acclaimed match you know mm. it didn't like mm. it, it was a great line it was cool but i i wasn't excited about them afterwards i didn't want to see them wrestle what eddie kingston cm punk did in a single segment segment yes. was not only give a great promo but then made the promo make you want to see them exactly wrestle. And exactly. that's what makes it, that's what put it, it over the top for me as one of the best promos because it did its job and it was cool at the same time. Yeah. I agree. I, I just want to see Max Caster come to the ring and rapping. That's all I want to see him do. <laughs> Look, and I, I was a little disappointed just to throw this in on Dynamite because recency bias, you know, when you did the thing on Jungle Boy, um, I hate to say this, but when you have MJF talking about how Darby Allen shouldn't be alive, I hate to say it, you probably have to take a shot of the Luke Perry thing. Like, it seems like it's Ooh. in poor taste, mm -hmm. but at the end of the day, this is a brand that, you know, get I, there. you know, it's one of those things. And Dan, we've talked about this before, but like, I sometimes cringe at some stuff, but then I look at other things and I say, well, if you are going to be this more counterculture product, I don't know if you can pull punches in promos. You maybe don't have to pull out thumbtacks on shoes, but I don't know if you can pull any punches in a promo, Dan. Have they... Uh, MJF and Jungle Boy, they haven't had, have they feuded? I know they've had a match. 
I'm relating it to the Darby Allen thing because when um, when MJF cut the promo on Darby Allen, he talked about his dad or whatever was dying right. in a car accident. He said, "You should have died." So well, then, uh, yeah, if, exactly. If, if you're going to do a rap about Jungle Boy from Caster uh, and Bowens, I, you just you can't not touch that sacred cow. Like I feel like it's very well known what happened with his dad. They've they've gotten the benefit of it, but I think you need the heel dynamics. You need to play it up as well. I don't think you can do one without the other. Well, I'm suggesting when they eventually have a feud, MJF mm. will absolutely go there. <laughs> yeah, no, absolutely. John, you with us on that one, or would we put yeah, you to sleep? no, 100%. I, I think I think the thing is you have to. I think you have to push that line, and I think mm. it's the bigger thing is like AEW has to be okay with like sometimes it's going to be pushed a little bit too far, and like because if you're going to play with the line, you're going to play with the line. Some people are going to make a mistake; they're going to go too far, a little bit too far, and you just have to recognize that that's going to happen if you really want to be on that edge and so i think they have to i think they really do have to kind of push that a little bit so you're going to push it we're going to push it to the final of the world title uh, eliminator tournament i know tournament is somewhat of a, a word wwe doesn't like to use but we get to use it here miro's taking on daniel bryan or brian danielson I, it's written in front of me and i'm still going to say it that way i didn't call him rusev though but now i've said it uh anyways i i think given you know what you and i were predicting dan uh i, I think if you're gonna if you're gonna have hangman maybe you go for miro but man you could make an amazing argument for daniel bryan regardless of who's champion going through exactly i i'm assuming miro's gonna give Brian Danielson, his first loss in this company, mm. uh, just uh, not not just because of he would go with uh, Adam Page afterwards, but um, uh, either way, though, uh, it would be great if 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 Brian Danielson went and then Adam Page still beats Brian Danielson, that would mm. be a, a really good victory for his first victory for Adam Page. But so either way, you have good choices. But I still think Miro is probably going to win this tournament let, let me stir the pot a bit for you john if miro wins does that not tip things too much in the favor of hangman page later in the card is it too dangerous to give miro mm. this win in that perspective i think i think there's no way to avoid that because one thing AEW have done their champions have long runs so i think it's almost guaranteed that no matter who hangman fights next if if he wins no matter who he fights next he's they're good he's gonna win so you know, there's no real way of covering that. And so that's why I think I'm more in favor of Miro winning, because I do think Miro should be in those championship conversations anyway. And so this is a good time to put him in that sort of mix. And he also doesn't have to win and we'll be we'll, everybody be fine if he doesn't win. So that's that's kind of where I'm leaning on all of this. I think that's well said. I think he's very Teflon after dropping the TNT title. He's still a beast. It's you know, it's very much like he's lost one match. And um, they, Brian Danielson, you could put him in a world title promo at uh, program with the snap of your fingers. No one would bat an eye. He doesn't need. And, and to be honest, he is a guy who could do a tour of dark and elevation and, and whatever else and rack up three or four wins and go on a five winning, you know, a five match winning streak. And you can make that argument very easily. We're also going to see the inner circle uh, taking on Scorpio Sky, Ethan Page and American top team. Uh, I'm very, very disappointed. Paige Van Zat is, is not in this match. <laughs> I wanted to see her kill Chris Jericho, uh, especially given some of the things Jericho has been saying recently. I would be quite okay if Paige ended his career, uh, but we won't get that. We will get Dan Lambert, and uh, I would tell you who the UFC guys are in this match, but AEW has not done that on their website, so uh, I will open this up starting with John. Can you name the two actual top team members not named Dan Lambert on this team? Because I can't. I cannot as well. Yeah, I will. I will honestly say I can this, help. Is, this is probably the match that I'm 
the least looking forward to, which stinks because I love Inner Circle. I think they've done an amazing job, but like, yeah, it, it's, they all kind of, they're kind of blending together. They're blending together a little bit. Dan, you're sort of the UFC head of the three of us. So help us out. As a casual fan, I'm going to screw up one of the names, which Andre Arlarski, I believe is one Olofsky, of them. Olofsky, I think you're Olofsky, right there. Yep. And then Junior Del Santos. Yep. Um, and then you are likely going to see Paige Van Zandt. Hmm. It's a street form. fight. So all of them are going to show up at one point and uh, they'll get involved. So you will see Paige Van Zandt punch Chris Jericho in the face at least. <laughs> I, I guess in terms of a winner, where where are you two leaning? I'll go to John first because I, I kind of could throw this either way. I'm actually very unsure. Yeah, I'm, I'm, unfortunately, I think America Top Team has to win. Like, like the inner circle doesn't need another win. Like, I feel like they've almost been breaking up like every other month, and so there's no point to it. You have this new, you have a bunch of new UFC guys that you're trying to get over all at once. So it just makes it, you have to win. But at the same time, I'm also just like, ugh, this is not the match I want to see. And I'm looking forward to it. It's tough, Dan, because they're not really wrestlers. And I think you can see Scorpio Sky and Ethan Page trying to tell these guys, okay, and girls, here's the camera. Here's what you have to do. Here's how you hit this move. Like, it, it's a little tough to watch, but you would probably agree you've got to give them some momentum or it just comes across as Dan Lambert just running his mouth for months and months, not able to back it up. Well, wouldn't the easiest outcome be to have Dan Lambert take the pin? Mm. But what if it's Dan Lambert pinning Jericho? Well, that's what they're promising. Mm. But I, and because of that, I think it's just going to be the opposite. Mm. But like, you know, have like Sammy pin uh, Lambert. Because like, who cares if Dan Lambert gets pinned? Yeah. <laughs> he's already at the bottom of this uh, equation. He's not a wrestler. He's, you know, he's an older gentleman. And why not? You, everybody wants to see it. Like, I suppose, like, if you're an inner circle fan, you want to see this guy get his ass kicked. You know, I'll, I'll throw one more thing on this just because it's occurred to me. You know, it is a shame to me that there wasn't a woman in AEW that they made an honorary member of the inner circle to deal with Van Zat. I think mm -hmm. there was a lot of potential. I, I don't know who jumps to mind for you guys. John, does anyone jump out as, as someone who could have filled that role? But I'm sure there's somebody. Yeah, you know, the, 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 this is also going to sound terrible, but I think my issue with the women's division isn't the work rate, it's the personalities. And I, mm. I'm not, not seeing a lot of like great personalities that are popping out. And I think to compete with in the inner circle you need somebody who's like really funny really charismatic really interesting and i just don't see that person in the women's division right now maybe ruby soho yeah my mind um, went there it would maybe. be a bit of an odd pairing but i think jericho could have you know I, knowing jericho he would have said something terrible like <laughs> comparing her to a groupie or god knows what i don't know but you know what it the thing the thing with jericho and i struggle with it is that I think the three of us and most people who look at this somewhat objectively know that, man, this guy's pushing it too much, but the live crowds are into it. And to some extent that makes it come across as, you know, not as bad as it really is. And a pop's a pop, right guys? Yeah, I, I guess. <laughs> yeah, I'm not super comfortable with that. We'll just move swiftly on here. There's a falls account anywhere match. It's going to feature the super click uh, versus jungle boy, Luchasaurus and Christian cage. You know, th this is uh, a match I sometimes forget about, but it should be good, Dan. It should be good. I mean, I th this could have been on, this could have headlined a Dynamite next week, perhaps. Uh, this is a long card, and 
Uh, there's a lot of matches that require a lot of time, but it, of course, this is going to be fun. Uh, speaking of pops, uh, I loved when Bobby Fish and did, I don't know if assuming you watched Dynamite yeah. tonight. When so you know, I'm just thinking in 2022, the Undisputed Era will reunite, hopefully, versus the Elite. Perhaps a babyface elite with Adam Page and have that four and four because you know they're com- they're all coming. I don't know when Roderick Strong's yeah, contract is up, but way. he's coming too. Well, look, l- let me counter that incredibly great thought of yours and ask John this: Why didn't we get to see Marco Stunt versus versus Brandon Cutler? I feel robbed. <laughs> I would have I would have watched that match. That is that's still my AEW dream match is Marco Stunt versus Paul White. Like if I can, if I can see that match, okay. I will be super happy. Um, but no, I you know what? It's funny. I'm excited from not even a storyline standpoint, just who these people are and what they can do in the ring. I'm just excited to see them do it. But tonight was the first night that like it made me think the reason this match is on this card and not on TV is because this is going to be the moment that they start the split, where they start the split between. Um, between the super clicks and uh, the elite and start really sowing those seeds for the undisputed era. Cause you know, Bobby fish is coming soon or not Bobby fish. Um, Kyle Riley, Riley's yep. coming soon. He's coming. And you know, they, they don't have the same length uh, non-compete clause in NXT that they exactly. do in WWE. So you like, you could really, even if it's like under the table, have an agreement. Yeah. I think them. they know. I think they yeah. know. I think Roderick strong knows. I think they're they're planning this. Like it feels like they're planning this. It's funny how it worked out because Roderick Strong, as you're alluding to, he's the last piece. He's the cruiserweight champion on NXT, but he also was not an original member Is he? of. He's a, but he's not an original member of this team. He was the fourth member, so yeah. it would be somewhat fitting if you know, as you said, you have a Kyle O'Reilly who, geez, judging by what they're doing with him, they know he's not going to. You don't book kyle o'reilly like like they're basically booking him to make von wagner less of a loser which is not working um but that's his role right now because he it's it's similar to the kevin owens situation i don't think they have much hope of keeping him i don't think they care um but yeah essentially you could have the three founding members of the undisputed era in this position uh you know a few months from now so i think that's something you could play with and and if not um there's certainly so much you can draw from with adam cole and if it's Kevin Owens who comes before you, Kevin oh Owens God. could be part of that group. So there's a lot to work with. Uh, speaking of a lot to work with, MJF uh, is a master of that. And uh, I alluded to it earlier. This has been a war of words and it'll be a war of uh, Darby Allen probably hurting himself as he takes on MJF here. Uh, this is a very, very interesting one, John. Two guys you could look at as the future of this company. It kind of feels like MJF is the guy, especially if Hangman is inevitably going to be the champion that you push now and Darby Allen is the guy you push later because he's pretty comfortable to just kind of hang around the outer rim, if you will, of the main card scene with, with his dad sting. No, I, I, I totally agree. I think, I think this is definitely MJF's to win. I will say though, I do think this is significant because, you know, up till now the MJFs and the Darby Allens and the jungle boys, all of their pay-per-view matches has been with an established star. Like their their whole push has been teaming them up. And so this is kind of the first time that we're seeing them saying like, here's a part of the pay-per-view that we're expecting to hold up all by yourselves. Like you have to do this on your own. And can you do this without some star next to you? I think that was significant about Jungle Boy's match on Dynamite tonight. It was like, 
this is your match. You are the big star in this match. Can you carry a match? And I'm, we're seeing that more and more. And so this is kind of the first pay-per-view version of that. And so I'm excited because it, it is the actual coming of age for a lot of these guys. Dan, do you wish that Darby Allen died in that car accident and not his dad? <laughs> I certainly do not. Okay, I'm just checking. <laughs> but go on. Uh, th- I don't see... I, if Darby Allen never becomes world champion, I don't think it, it would make necessarily a difference. He's going to mm. be the star that he's going to be. Yeah. Or MJF, he needs to be world champion. Like, this is coming. And I think he's, like, a year from now, we're not, maybe not even that long, but it, he'll, he should be the guy to beat Adam Page. And this, and, and MJF is going to be, you know, like, this is, he should be the guy and in this company within a year like the top guy the top heel and darby should be right along with him but darby again i don't he doesn't need the world title but he'll always be around it and he'll always be a star regardless if he has a belt or not one guy who always thinks he is a star regardless of what the fans think is cody rhodes and john you were telling me uh contrary to what i'm seeing on the aw website shortly after dynamite uh, Cody Rhodes is involved in the match, and I'm vaguely going to guess it's him and Pac versus Andrade and the Alistair, other guy. Alistair Black. There um, we go. Yes. Yeah. Which Mr. I don't about Alistair Black, any, Black anymore. But <laughs> Malachi. Malachi Black. Malachi Black. That's right. Um, yeah, that, that was that was also a weird one that was thrown on so sort of last minute that was a little bit weird and. I guess it's just setting up some stuff for the future. Um, but I mean, it'll be interesting. They're all great wrestlers and it'll be fun to watch, but I just don't know. I'm not looking forward to another Cody Road um, Malachi Black match. We've seen that a bunch of times. It is odd. Dan, is Cody a face or a heel? I'm very confused. He, I don't know. It's, <laughs> it's, it's, I really don't know. Um, I know that this match, speaking of matches that don't, this, I mean, all four of them deserve to be on a pay-per-view, but not this one and not at this time, how they just shoehorn this in. And I'm expect, I'm suspecting it's Cody just making sure he had a match on this card. This needs to be on, this should have been on Rampage, even, like this tag match. Yeah, well said. Well, I guess, you know, normally over the, the start of these podcasts, I like to try to sum up the show, but this is an interesting one, right? Like, this is a show that has like, you know, the hangman page moment could be one of the greatest moments in wrestling this year. And at the same time, the Britt Baker title match could be one of the most academic women's title matches we've seen since Nikki, Nikki Ash. I want to call her Nikki cross, but I can't even call her that anymore. Um, so I'm fairly split on this card. I think once again, it's too long. Um, but just to wrap up, uh, starting with Dan, I want to kind of know where you're at with this card, how you're feeling going into it. I'm certainly excited. I, it is too long. Uh, and expe- like I groaned when they announced that Cody match at the tag, the tag match. Like, what? This is this is this is far too much. Because you know, I, I think like Britt Baker and Ty Conte are they're probably not going to get more than ten minutes. Mm-hmm. So because there's a lot, again, a lot of these matches really do need some time. Yeah. Speaking of time, John, take us out. Yeah, um, I'm I'm in the same boat. This is too long. I will say this does remind me of like every once in a while AEW does these 
episodes where you're like, there's no one interest, there's no interesting match on this card, but then you watch the show and you're like, that was an amazing episode. And so that's what I'm kind of hoping is here. Like there are some like, yeah, Hangman and Kenny Omega is an amazing match, but there's no like match on here that I'm like, I must see, I have to see this match. It, it feels like one of those episodes but I think AEW can live up to the hype and just put on some amazing shows and surprise us all. So I'm excited for it. I think that's well said. To your point, I think outside of that women's title match, I don't think we'll walk away from any of these matches disappointed, but yeah, nothing to ride home about, but you know, you'll be watching the pay-per-view from home anyways. Uh, mm-hmm. Daniel Chihori, he is the publicist at the Second City. John Carr, he is the executive producer at the Second City. It's the city so nice, I Second City guest twice. I don't know what the joke is. Very I'm Bilal Vakani. This was The Express. Uh, Dan and I will check back in for Survivor Series. I have another special guest in mind, and I haven't even told Dan yet, but I need to go because I didn't pay for Zoom Premium, and I'm out of time. Thank you for joining us today. Follow me on Twitter, EppleAlv87. Never Sleeps Network. This has been a Never Sleeps Network production, executive produced by Alex Ross. For more information and content, visit NeverSleepsNetwork.com.